Hello everybody, this is That Sport John, I'm Clay Thomas, bringing you with my very first solo edition of the podcast. First and foremost, it was Jackie Robinson Day yesterday. At least it was supposed to be on the MLB schedule, but it was still being celebrated around baseball and the sports world. Damn, Jackie Robinson, he was a great and decorated man. He was a football star, a track star, basketball star, and baseball star at UCLA, and was an expert marksman and second-ranked lieutenant before becoming a professional ball player. He was also the first Rosa Parks with not getting out of his seat and on a bus, thus was going to trial, and he even wound up winning that trial as a, as a result, then served an honorable discharge right before his unit was shipped overseas because he was not a fan of how that situation was handled with the Army and this and that, and he did an, an amazing job at setting the standard and breaking barriers and you know, becoming that first um, professional baseball player to break the barriers and start and play in the MLB. Um, and he's always going to be remembered in baseball and sports history forever and on. But this is going to be another draft podcast. This is the only thing you can really talk about right now in sports other than video games, and I don't want to bring myself to that right now. But I have to make some retractions. I have to admit, did I look at a lot of Justin Herbert's tape? I did not. I talk a little highly of him, and I probably shouldn't have. I think I'm overstating what I said. I know I said on that mock draft that he's pro-ready. I feel like I should explain myself. I think pro-ready is in physical stature and maybe his athletic ability, yes. With his frame and his his rocket of a bazooka arm cannon. Um, But after looking at the tape, I think I'm going to have to, like, change that up. I think that I was wrong. I think um, I'll explain myself later when I dive into what I saw from their tapes. But first, we're looking at some of these wide receivers. And I think going back to look at these wide receiver tapes, too, I may switch up my number one and number two wide receiver favorites. And maybe my third and fourth. First off is Oklahoma wide receiver CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is a dog. He's a great receiver. He's a great athlete, a great football player. And a lot of his positives are stuff you want in every receiver. He's got great hands. He breaks tackles in the open field. He's slippery. He use, he's used all over the field. By that, I mean he's using the slot. He's outside. He's motioned a lot. That was a lot of what got him some big plays at Oklahoma. He was able to be motioned across and then they would use him as bait and that was successful and with the rest of the team it helped Jalen Hurts out a lot helped out his other receivers he I mean when you if you're that good of a receiver and you're being used as a decoy in college you know there's something to look at his burst after the catch is something else that I just can't bring myself to really understand being alignment all my life and not even playing college ball this dude is fast on the field when you look at him compared to other players and all the movements you got to make and whatnot and on the field play. He's a guy that didn't shine in the combine, but I'm a person who firmly believes if you're at the combine and you shine, you just prepped a lot for it and you did very good at your your prepping. But there's a lot lost when you you heavily favor over the combine or the tape. Tape is always important, and that's where true pro shine you never like Michael Irvin I'm pretty sure is the one who said it there are no wide receivers in the Hall of Fame that ran a sub 4 or a sub 4-5 or something like that 
and that speaks true. And that's later on, I'll talk about Henry Ruggs that way, but he because he ran in a sub four, but that doesn't mean any a sub four forty, but that doesn't mean anything towards him. He he could change his stand. He could do something different. But back to CD Lamb, you just watch some of the things he does to defenders. He's not the biggest guy, and he's not like the strongest, or, or he's not the biggest and tallest. But man, does he have a stiff arm? He's sneaky strong, and he's physical. And I think his willingness to block is pretty impressive. He, he's he's very good at that, um, and he's and he's got great body control. We've seen some of these spectacular catches he's been able to make. The one area that I do look at the combine is when they run their, when they run routes and they have to go up and get balls. That's where I think you got to look at a receiver more often than maybe a forty, or some of the other measurements. Because he only ran a four five, but his acceleration is something to not joke around with. I mean, the guy's unstoppable sometimes, and he never gives up after a catch. We see, we saw him do it twice to Texas, where he was seen down and out. He was surrounded by five or four wide or four defensive players, and managed to get out of it and go score a touchdown. And then he caught a ball going towards the sideline. He was about seven yards away. Gets hit from behind, ducks at, ducks um, underneath it, breaks another tackle, and willing and keeping his balance, staying in bounds, and running into the end zone with another guy chasing him. That's another thing. His balance is uncanny, and it is just absurd how balanced he can be when running and tiptoeing everywhere. There was a play when, not last year, but a year before, he took a big leap the ball is way overthrown he snags it like Odell comes down and gets the very last tippy toe of his foot in that grass it is one of the best catches I've ever seen and it's something that I've never actually seen before until I looked at his tape I was like why why am I only now seeing this this is better than some catches I've seen in the NFL and overall he's just a great playmaker and I think that this kid is something that you're going to have to watch out for a lot in the next 8 to 10 years in the league. There are some negatives to him. With everybody, there's always something. With him, he needs to take what's given sometimes. Sometimes he tries too much. I feel like, you know, he tries to juke too much. He tries to do this and that. Sometimes you get a, you get a screen or you get an out route, and all of a sudden you're kind of done. You just... You just Put your foot in the ground and go and get what's there. Um, you don't have to do make a big play out of everything. Um, I think he did, ben- like I said, he did benefit a lot from being set up, I think, by his offense with some of the things that they did, the play design. I think that when the play is opposite of him, he doesn't tend to stick with it, like on a rollout or something like that, or the quarterback has to bail the opposite way. I see him kind of standing there a little bit too much sometimes, in my opinion. And I mean, maybe it's a little understandable at times, but really, you gotta keep playing. You gotta keep looking to get open. Um, you know, run downfield, get another block. I don't know, but like, it's it's something that you might want to look at. Maybe I think that when you're in the NFL, you don't get away with that kind of stuff as much. I feel like in college, you shouldn't either. But the NFL is a different animal. And then I think he could sharpen up some of his routes. He's a great, he's a good route runner. But I think sometimes he could sharpen them up a little bit. I think he's he plays a little free. You see that in Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase at the same time too but they're a little more fluid with that. So I think CeeDee Lamb is definitely has a chance to maybe um, overtake Jerry Judy as number one 
I think after watching this, I think he's actually my personal favorite, aside from Justin Jefferson. Um, considering I'm an Eagles fan, I think I think that's the only option that's going to be available at 21 for the Eagles. Is Jefferson is the best option going to be available? But if you're going to be willing to trade up for CeeDee Lamb, it's worthwhile. And if you're the Cardinals, you have Hopkins and Fitz. If you draft CeeDee Lamb, you're gonna he's going to be learning from two of the best in the game that have ever played. And I think pairing him with his old quarterback is a great idea for the Cardinals. Um, despite some other needs that you need, passing up on Lamb could be a big mistake. And talking about Jerry Judy, I think that he's as advertised. Everybody knows that. He did not shine, quote-unquote, shine at the combine like some players have and have done. Notable bust, uh, John Ross. Not uh, He had a decent couple first weeks last year, but then he got injured. I can't tell I say he's a bust quite yet. And he only ran a 4-4-5, but again, that doesn't always matter. Uh, he's not the biggest as well. Um, he's not small either. He's, a little, he's slightly above average height and weight. But he's an amazing route runner. I don't know that you're going to see a better route runner in this draft or than ha- maybe half the league runs better routes than him, I doubt. Maybe three quarters. He's also slippery and very shifty in the open field. He stays away from, he stays off the ground. He's able to make big plays. It's all right there. And, he, and, he, and I think one of the nice things to find in a receiver is when your quarterback is under duress and has to scramble or has to get out of the pocket he's able to always find those soft zones that's something that is a big factor in a wide receiver that they have got to have they've got to have that skill set to find the soft spot sit there and make the catch get open for their quarterback and I think he's able to do do great things with getting separation he does it in a different way than others I mean every wide receiver does it different than in their own way but his is from his route running. He's able to juke defenders. You know, his eyes are key. He never sells where he's going. He never gives away where he's going. He's always selling where he's going. His eyes are never where he's going to go run. That's how he baits defenders in front of him. And I think that's something that's huge in a wide receiver is when you can plant your foot in the ground and all of a sudden you can get free going the other way and the, and the cornerback's f- almost falling the other way. Uh, you're, that's just amazing. That's that's a big thing that he needs that he has that is big that is big for any quarterback to be able to throw to. Uh, he's very elusive. He has a great change of pace. We've seen his stutter step move. It's very good. Uh, he's great in space again. He's very physical, but not when it comes to blocking. I think he tends to shy away from blocking a little bit. He doesn't. I think he needs to block better. When he's closer to the play, I mean, he does he does a fine job. I think he just needs to tune that up, and I think in the NFL they're going to coach him up to do that because you have to block as a wide receiver. Um, but he's explosive off the snap. But at times he's also got some too many steps. He tries to do a little too much. Just make your move and go. Go to the route. Make your pull, make your move. Nevertheless, he still gets it done sometimes, most or almost all the time. Uh, he's, but And even though he does take that many steps, he's got very quick feet. He's got some of the quickest feet you'll ever see, probably quicker than most of the wide receivers in the NFL now. And I think that he's very good at working to the outside from the from slot position. He's great at those corner routes. You know, he makes a lot of big plays outside the numbers. I think that's where his strongest suit is, is being used. Uh, but some of his other negatives, I think he's not great between the hashes, which is why he's so good outside. I think that... That's where his work can be 
redefined and um, put. I think that being in the NFL and being with those coaches is going to make his work in between the hashes a lot better. I think he definitely needs to eliminate the easy drops. We've seen it in big games. We saw it against LSU. He had a, he was not wide open, but he was ahead of the receiver. He catches it. It's an easy touchdown. Tua puts it on a dime, and he just drops it. Granted, he got hit as soon as the ball touched him, but he still dropped it. It was in his bread basket. Um, and he did that against LSU on the drive before. It was a slant. Hits him right in the chest. Uh, he tries to basket, catch it in the chest. He probably should have got his hands up instead. Uh, it, goes, it goes straight through in between his arms and his chest. Um, but then in the very next play, he redeems himself going to the corner or the near corner and makes a nice catch uh, under duress. But I did, I did think he did not fair. He did not play against a lot of quality press in college, aside from LSU. Um, I think a lot of that is going to be something you're going to have to look at, and see, and coach him up, and be able to get him a lot of reps against quality corners, the qu- the best corners on your team wherever he goes. And I think that whichever team he goes to is going to be um, a great asset to him and a step in the right direction. And I think it's really a coin flip for either him or Jude or C.D. Lamb. Uh, but I think Jerry Judy's a quality wide receiver. And that leads us to me to his teammate, Henry Ruggs III. Three words to describe Henry Ruggs III. Speed, speed, and speed. Now, I know I referred to his draft, or not draft, his combine performance. And it was the prototypical combine that everybody gets all excited about. He ran a 4-2-7-40 and a 42 vert and 131 broad jump. Now the vert, the 42 vert is what gets me more excited than his 40 yard dash because he's 5 foot 11, 108 pounds, but he's very physical and he's and he's always making big plays jumping. I've seen him moss guys that shouldn't get mossed by a guy who's 5 foot 11. It just shouldn't happen. Um, and, he's, and he's great in space and, and if he gets in space, he's gone. That's where the speed comes in. But, I mean, any receiver in space can all of a sudden accelerate and they can be gone. But this guy is something special. He's like a Tyreek Hill, but he's just not as big as Tyreek Hill. Tyreek is, like, when you get near him, he's thick, he's muscular. Henry Ruggs isn't quite that big, but I think when you get into the NFL workout programs, he could be t- potentially get up to that that big of strength and that weight pushed over 200 pounds. Um, he's a great route runner. His routes are always crisp. He's very good at that. Uh, he makes he, his catch radius is unbelievable. I mean, he's he's got a great back shoulder ability to make the ball catch the ball. He's got great hands. He doesn't quit, which is a big thing in my opinion. You see him a lot. He makes catches. He's like Ceedee Lamb. Doesn't go out of bounds often. He's gonna look for contact. Look for that extra yard. Look for that first down. Those. He's always want to move the sticks. Always want to get the big play. Never quits. And it's not. And he knows when to do it and when not. I think. Being that fast, he knows when to get his straightforward, plant your foot on the ground and go. And I think he's, if you're a team that already has a speed guy, you might not want him. Um, it depends on how old he is. Like if you got, you're the Chiefs. Obviously the Chiefs won't have a chance to draft a Buffy. But if you were a team and you have it already a guy like a Tyreek, you don't need him. If you're the Bucks, you don't need him. You know, you got Godwin. Um 
to me, I feel like he fits with the Broncos, more or less. I think the Broncos could benefit from taking a wide receiver to be opposite Cortland Sutton. Sutton's your 50-50, your, your big play guy, or your throw-it-up-to guy, excuse me. Ruggs can be the big play guy to stretch the field, go deep, do this and that. Um, that's where I see a good fit for him. I also see a good fit for the 49ers to replace um, Emmanuel Sanders, who they're pretty much the same player, just difference in height. And I think, obviously, the obvious negative for him is his size. It's something that you have to be worried about. I think that it's something that can be fixed with the weight room. Not his height, his weight, of course, like I already said. I think sometimes he also takes a little too many steps off his brakes, but that's that's something that can be fixed. And, and nevertheless, he's fast, and he's very quick, so it's, it's not a huge worry about it. He needs to be better on press. He is strong and physical, but he but he doesn't He's not that strong and physical where he's where he can get releases easier. He still he struggles with that a little bit, in my opinion, from what I've seen. But I think with Henry Ruggs, you're also getting another quality wide receiver. And now to Justin Jefferson, who had an all-around amazing year. Him and Jamar Chase, along with Joe Burrow and Moss, Randy Moss's son, that whole team was an offense seen like none other than before. And both wide receivers played at elite levels, and they're both capable of being amazing wide receivers for whoever picks them. For the positives for Justin Jefferson, he's a good route runner. And I think at LSU, he had a lot of freedom to do as he pleased with his routes. He didn't have to be this as crisp and as firm with his routes as others. He was able to be, he was able to be a little more free with them. Like I said, he was able... To, to play to his capabilities, he was able to get open instead of, you know, follow it the correct way all the time, and Joe Burrow was able to always hit him. And he makes plays after the catch that you wouldn't think were capable of happening. We see we saw in the playoffs, Joe Burrow scrambles to his right, throws deep, hits Jefferson. He should be down and tackled short of the end zone, but he makes a couple of players miss, and he gets into the end zone, and it was insane. He doesn't quit. There was another one where he hit a screen, got the first, and he should have been stopped three yards short, but he just kept churning his legs, kept churning his legs, wouldn't stop going, and dives with a man on him and, and gets that gets just enough of the ball over, and it, it was an amazing play. And that quotes to him being physical. And I think with him being physical and also fearless, it makes for him to be a great blocking wide receiver. He looks to hit somebody, and I love that in a wide receiver because they have the opportunity to take the biggest hits at times. Some of them are now are now um, illegal, you know, with um, crack block, crack back blocks. Um, but if you can if you can hit, a, hit hit a DB or a linebacker at the right time, in the right way, he can punish some people. Um, despite him not being as big, he's he is over two hundred pounds. He's two hundred two. He's two hundred almost even. Six foot one, but he can. But his his being being fearless and being physical goes a long way with his drive to go be a better blocker and his extra effort. And he doesn't give up. It is the same thing with all all these guys. Don't ever give up on plays. Uh, that's just that's just a fact. That's why these guys are the top four in the league or in the draft coming up. And he's also great with the back shoulder catches. You see it time and time again. Joe Burrow throws it up, says, hey, go get this, and it winds up being on his back shoulder. He still comes down with the ball. He's impressive. He's gr- he's great at that. His catch radius is also something to 
be in awe of. Uh, there was one at the combine where it looked uncatchable, and he goes up and like spins around, almost flips, makes an amazing catch. Um, he high points the ball, and it makes it look, making it look effortless. He has great hands, obviously. His body control is unlike anything else. He's great accelerationist as well, and he's very fluid. That goes back to his routes. When he's able to run these routes, but he's a little more fluid. He's not as crisp, and he's and when when he's fluid, he does kind of he makes him almost better, and it seems effortless when he's running him and being able to get by defenders. But then I think some of these negatives that could be he played in a spread scheme, which opened up the field for him a lot. And I think he could have maybe benefited from having another superstar wide receiver on the other side, so they couldn't double him as often as they probably wanted to. They had to go over to him. You know, if you're not the number one, you don't get a you you don't get the amount of I guess attention because they have to have it spread equal out. So it was a lot of because if he didn't have Jamar Chase, I feel like there would be a lot more coverage over to his way. Not to say it would have impeded any of his production to an extent. It would only have done it to an extent. But I think if you get him into another scheme like that, the West, you know, in a West Coast style, and, and I mean it was a pro style, which can benefit from him going into the NFL wherever he goes, um, will help. But big corners could pose as a problem for him in press. You don't see as many big corners playing press in college as you do in the NFL. And I think that goes back to the weight room again. It's the same thing with any rookie. Once you get to the NFL, you're going to be pushed to get your body in shape and get a lot better for that. And I think Justin Jefferson is as good as any of those other three. Quite frankly, I think he's better than Henry Ruggs, in my opinion. There's more hype around Ruggs because of his combine performance. And I think that happens with a lot of people. And and I'll talk about that again later with Herbert, and that's one of the things where I'll backtrack... But for any team looking for a receiver, there's the Eagles, of course. There's Washington. Although they got some three rookies, they could use another one. Uh, the Patriots need a wide receiver desperately. The Vikings need to replace Stephon Diggs. The Jets, of course. The Jets are going to have one of these four guys. It's already it's so obvious, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be Judy. If none of them, if all of them are left, it'll be Judy. If CeeDee Lane's gone, it'll be Judy. Because I just have the strong feeling that there's a general consensus that a lot of the NFL teams in the media is putting out that Judy's the best. And they're going to take whoever's best available, of course. The, you know, the Colts need a new one. T.Y. Hill is not getting any younger. The Packers need somebody to be opposite of Devontae Adams who can benefit from that and also help out Adams a lot because now they're going to have to have attention over to one of these guys. And then the Niners need one again, as like I said, and I already talked about the Broncos. The Raiders need one because they had that whole Antonio Brown thing and they need somebody else to be another weapon other than... Waller or uh, Josh Jacobs, but nevertheless, now moving on to the quarterbacks, Joe Burrow is, in my opinion, still the best quarterback in this draft that they're watching the tape. He's absolutely the most pro-ready quarterback in this draft. He's getting the highest grades from everybody everywhere, and when I look at his tapes and see what he can do... With his height and his weight, um, he's got great feet. His timing is is amazing. He when he makes his reads, he's on it. He's there. He knows what's happening. Um, his football IQ is so high and so amazing. That's the biggest thing about him. Um, and is it because he's he's a little more mature than others? Is he's he's an older quarterback in college. He was a redshirt senior. 
being under a couple different types of offenses and different coaches, it helped him a lot. Um, but his pre and post snap reads are are amazing. That's one of the reasons why his timing is always so great. He's very accurate in 30 to 45 yard fades, which I think is something that is very lethal in any league. We saw it countless times with um, some of the plays Nick Foles had to make against Tom Brady. You saw a couple ones to Jeffrey and to uh, Clement that were very huge. Um, sorry if I'm badgering, if I'm over talking about the Eagles. It's just my team, and that's the thing that first comes to mind when I think of examples for some things. Um, his touch is amazing as a, as a thrower. He knows when to not uh, use his arm too much, especially because he knows he doesn't have a big enough arm or a strong enough arm. His touch is amazing. He always keeps his eyes downfield. He's always reading. He's holding safeties with his eyes. He's great at that. Uh, that goes, again, along with his IQ and his, and his reads and put pre and post snap. And I think that's going to help him a lot as playing in a pro-style offense under Joe Brady. I don't think that playing in a in a in a high in a higher level offense in college is going to hurt him as many people think it might um, because of it just means it, it, it's going to put your play already at above at a higher level than other college teams normally but I think it'll help him more that he's already been in this kind of system and knows it and that it's the same one that like the Bengals would use um, so he can really benefit from that standpoint to go into the NFL uh, he's got great size. He's not very. He's not. He's not average. He's a little above average. He's not too big. He's not too small. Um, reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers' body stature and even Mahomes, just not as quick as Mahomes. Um, his calmness and poise is collected. That's something else I love. You never see him get overhyped um, about or worried about anything during plays, pre or pre-snap or post-snap again. Um, and he always shines in the big moments. And I don't always mean, like, the biggest games overall or, you know, important touchdowns. It's always, like, those third downs that you need in those big games. And the amount of times he converted those with with the calmness and poise that he had again, it, it was just, it's just amazing to watch. And, you, and I feel like I haven't seen that kind of quarterback play in college outside of maybe Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow are... are mm, there's not a whole lot of differences between those two, in my opinion, other than maybe Lawrence's athletic and running abilities. And then when he's throwing under pressure, he knows when to, when he's going to have to take a hit, but he still puts it on, on a rope or on a dime and makes perfect throws. His negatives, he doesn't have an elite arm strength. He's not going to be that guy to buy me every play. He's not that kind of Patrick. He's not a, like We've seen Patrick Mahomes do it, and that's just like a gifted talent that is just that's just like an extra weapon in your back pocket that's so useful but for Burrow he he does he plays like he doesn't need it he does everything right and shows that he doesn't need it um and I think that he did benefit a lot from his scheme and that his team was able to that he has to go to should be a west coast team Uh, that's just foremost and foremost first and foremost excuse me and I think his product the product of his team could have helped him a lot. Um, you know, you have star-studded receivers like Chase and Jefferson, and then you have Moss as a good tight end, and then the, they had a great running back who was undersized but played like a dog. He had great linemen, but that can't take away anything from him because he still was able to make the plays and make the correct reads in this and that. I mean, there was a there's a drive against Alabama. They ran doubles, doubles go, 
two plays in a row and scored a touchdown on the second one. It was like, you're Alabama. <laughs> you got to stop one of them. You saw it the first time. How can't you stop it again? He just went to the other read. And it's something that you have to watch out for a lot. And I think Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in this draft, and I think he's going to be the man to lift Cincinnati out of this uh, hole that they've put them in ever since Carson Palmer left. And that leads me to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is something I have to retract my statements. I'm going to switch it up now before I look like a fool to the few people that listen to this podcast anyways. It, obviously, he has a rocket arm, and he's gifted. He's he's been gifted the height, six foot six. He's two hundred thirty six pounds. And I have to clarify, he's the most pro ready quarterback in that area. And everything else, no, I should have said that. And I do I think he's the second best quarterback in this draft anymore? Probably not. I don't think he's actually better than Jordan Love or Jalen at this point. I think. Let me start with the positive again. He's got a rocket arm. His pocket presence is pretty good. You know, he knows when to dip, and he knows when to get out and make a play with his feet. His eyes are always downfield. You know, he's able to hold off safeties. He's able to make big plays. He's super athletic. He's great on the run. Sometimes, But I'll get to the negatives. Don't. Don't jump ahead of yourself, Clay. He's got fluid movements on, all, on his rollouts. He's great. He's great in that area. And his great size and frame again. And he's able to launch balls so far. And other times, when he puts them on ropes, he just wish he would have touched it a little bit. He has done it before. I mean, he was so inconsistent last year, more than I ever thought. I didn't watch many of his games, and I kind of was buying the hype. I mean, in the dra- in the combine, he was looking good on his throws for the most part, especially the deep ones. But going to these negative sides, watching a lot more of his tape and seeing, like, the Arizona State game, he was just awful. He was more or less dog shit, no less. So many interceptions. I mean, he he made so many wrong reads, it was kind of embarrassing. Against Cal, he made the safety look like an all-pro. He got picked off by him once or twice, got his wide receivers killed multiple times. Because he let he overthrew him and led them into a safety. He didn't throw it into a, into the into the soft spot that he should have. And I think first off, his college offense did not help him prep for the NFL at all. He threw twenty three percent of his passes were screens. That is very high. The next person closest to that in the NFL for last season was Kyler at eighteen percent. And. 23 is 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 a massive one. And, and then even so, the amount of times they ran pump screens and then goes that were good for big plays. Um, against Auburn, there was a big touchdown he threw deep that was a broken play that he should have never threw up like that and his receiver just made a play. He was lucky because he was hit as he was trying to throw it as well. He's lucky it wasn't picked off or incomplete. He needs to trust his arm. Um, he tries to overuse it and tries to zip it in all the time. He's got to find that touch. And he needs to shine in the big moments. Those last four games, he wasn't playing well. Uh, he blew a couple games. He lost the bowl game. It wasn't good. He didn't throw the ball a lot. I mean, against Auburn, his quarterback, his own coaches didn't trust him anymore. And he never 
threw the ball past four yards, I don't think, the rest of the game. I don't think they ever threw it deep anymore. His accuracy has issues. He misses easy swing routes, misses the out routes that are that aren't very not the ten or fifteen ones that are hard. He misses the five yards. He's missed some slants. And he rushes through his reads too much that there was one time he they went with the pump screen. The wide receiver was he had the DB beat. The DB was facing was leaning forward on his front foot. The wide receiver was in full stride, ex- still accelerating up the sideline. And he just flat out went to the second guy before he ever even noticed it. And then threw to the up and threw to the backside wide receiver on a fade and he just overthrew him and it was incomplete. It was one of those throws where he threw it, it was either gonna be a catch or it was gonna be incomplete. There was no doubt about whether the DB had a chance to even catch it. And he's just inconsistent with his playmaking. And then not even like not just within games, but games them, but like different games themselves. Like one week he can be, put it all together, everything's great, everything's grand. But then also, there's another game. The game next, the next, very next week, he can, he, just, he can just play like dog shit. I mean, his mechanics are off. He's old. I mean, he's got inconsistent mechanics for almost every game, except for a couple where he just shines. He lets his he lets his left arm flare out. He, he hitches a little bit before he goes to throw the ball where he should, where he, and he throws it late, and he overthrows it. Um, and I think overall, the best quarterback comparison is probably Mitchell Trubisky. And I don't think, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think that it's gonna. This changes my new, my new inf, um, personal information and learning of Justin Herbert changes where he's going to get drafted. I think the Dolphins are just going to draft him out of the hype and make a, a repetitive hist- another mistake as history repeats itself, like a Tim Couch or Ryan Lee for Robert Griffin III or Mitchell Trubisky. You go for the guy that has all these gifted talents, the big arm, does well at the combine. Um... And I think a lot of the IQ part of it, the reading part of it, and the overall football player part of it is missed. And I think that there's coaches that just firmly believe or trainers there, or coaches and assistant coaches that really think that they can change a lot of that and make him into a football player. And I think that he's going to be another Metro Trubisky where it's going to be the first year's a little rough, second year's better, and might go to the playoffs. Third year just looks bad, and they're going to be calling for his neck down there in Miami because he's supposed to be the new guy. I think that that's going to happen because I think teams are going to shy away from Tua's injury history. And that leads me to Tua Tagovailoa. And I think Tua is the second best quarterback in this draft. I am just one of those guys who's going to worry about his injuries because that's the first thing anybody ever thinks about when you think about Tua, unless you're an Alabama fan. His injury history. Two ankle surgeries, his hip injury, and then a concussion. And he just didn't look like the same player to me when he was on those ankle injuries. Like, the LSU game wasn't his best game. The second half, they played very well. They made a comeback, and it was just too little too late. Um, first of all, he's short. That doesn't help. Um, but I, you can't always judge a quarterback based on his size. I mean, we've seen... Russell Wilson be fine, of course, but nevertheless, he's six foot. 
Uh, he has he is two hundred seventeen pounds, so he is a decent build. But I feel like in that game a lot was a lot was a good examples of what he does more often than people think. He floats balls too much sometimes. He's not he he doesn't have a big arm. Um, but I think that's also like Burrow, but Burrow's got all these other intangibles that I think Tua lacks sometimes. And he doesn't finish enough. And I think that, you know, he doesn't step into his throws as much. He, you know, he gets when he gets pressured, it, it, it's, it affects his throws. He doesn't do as well. He's a little off. His accuracy is off. He starts to throw off his back foot. And then I think he could also be a product of a team like Burrow. But and that's not a that's somewhat of a negative, but it's also it's not his fault. He got to play with Ruggs, Davis, and Jerry Judy and um, Najee Harris, and that O line is gonna have um, NFL players on it for this year, and that they're gonna be drafted next year as well, probably. But aside from all that, I mean, you you watch to a play. Um, he, he, he has a slightly above average athletic ability. I mean, he can make plays with his feet sometimes, but, I mean, we've also seen him just running with the ball against LSU, and all of a sudden the ball just falls out of his hand for no reason. But his play style fits the new trends, like Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes. Um, he's got great feet in the pocket. He hits his windows. He's got a great arm. He's got great pocket awareness. And escapability, again, I mean, that goes with the mobility and being like Russell Wilson. And he always throws with anticipation, just like Burrow. And that's another area where Herbert lacks. But uh, that's that's a big thing. You don't ever, when you, there was a play where he, the linebacker was in front of the wide receiver. But he knew the wide receiver was coming in to the other side. So he hits, he throws it five yards the other, to the side of him anticipating he's going to go get it, and that's where he got, got it. And you see it time and time again where he does that. And he's got fast releases. I think that it reminds me a lot of... He, he's another quarterback that's going to benefit a lot from an RPO system. Yeah, he's going to benefit like Nick Foles. I think he, he gets rid of the ball faster than Nick Foles ever did uh, with his RPOs. That's something where Joe Burrow, in fact, is a little slower. He's He makes the right reads. But he's about as fast as Nick Foles with those. And so is his release. That's one one mechanical issue with Joe Burrow. That's something that Tua doesn't have. He's got a he's got a fast arm, he's got a quick arm and quick releases. And he's always scanning the field, just like Burrow, both these guys. I'm gonna say that a lot, just like Burrow, just like Tua. I mean you can't go wrong with either player outside of the injuries. I think Burrow's the better quarterback in my opinion, because of his height, and I think he makes a lot bigger plays than Tua did. And playing through all his injuries and going to the point of where he just couldn't walk to it, it just showed his toughness. I mean, the kid never quit. Um, and then we see in his pro day, the tape um, looks good. And he looks promising because you see all those drills where he's throwing, the, the throwing drills, that is. And he's moving his feet, going through, you know, the holes and the ladders and making good throws, looking fine, looking the same like the two of before the injuries looking a lot better. Um, a huge stat to look at is he <laughs> he had a 89 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. It's an 8-to-1 TD ratio in his career in college. He's deadly accurate, and his eye manipulation is like no other. And again, he's just a great RPO QB, and that works out for everybody. So really, I mean, 
But do I still think he could fall as far as the Patriots? I think that's possible because I think a lot of teams are going to look at his injuries and just shy away. I think the Chargers are going to ride with Tyrod for a year. You know, maybe they wait on Trevor Lawrence, make some trades up there then. Um, I think that the injury history is just going to be too scary for them. If not, maybe somebody else, maybe like the Falcons or the Raiders can hop on him, uh, which wouldn't be a bad thing. But then, nevertheless, I think any one of those quarter or either any one of those wide receivers again is going to be a big playmaker for a team. For any one of them or all of them, we're going to be big playmakers for a team in the future. And I think Tua or Joe, Joe's going to be a Bengal. I don't think there's any question about it. He's going to change that team, change the culture of Cincinnati. And I think Justin Herbert's going to be next Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, it's it's hard not to say that solely because of what this tape has showed me and I think I've come to the truth where if you watch it I think he's just an over glorified uh, Mitchell Trubisky and with all that being said don't overlook some guys in this draft like Jordan Love or Jalen Hurts because they could be huge second round or possible late first round draft choices especially for like a team like the Patriots needing a quarterback or the Steelers and I think the Steelers should definitely take a look at Jameis Winston because it's better than any of the backups that they have because Ben's probably not going to stay healthy. And even Cam because Cam's better than any of those backups and Cam's probably better than Ben Roethlisberger right now. Do I like Cam Newton as a football player at this stage of his career? No, I don't think he's worth signing unless you don't plan to take a quarterback this year and you're, and you're, in, the, and you're in the QB situation that you are in Pittsburgh. Uh, Ben's not gonna get any, isn't getting any younger, not getting any more athletic, and he's pretty much injury prone at this point in his career. So taking a run at Cam there might not be bad, but I think looking at a guy like Jalen Hurts or Jordan Love is pretty big for um, either one of these guys, or even taking a chance on going up for Tua, I would think would be worth it. But then also from the wide receiver standpoint. He passed these first four guys. K.J. Hamler's out of Penn State. He's a great burner guy. He's a great slot. Michael Pittman, I think, is being overlooked a lot because I think because he plays in the Pac-12. Brandon, I'm going to try my best here. Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk out of Arizona State's another great receiver. T. Higgins is a guy that everybody knows but is kind of overlooking in this draft. As I think a late rate, late first rounder and early second rounder, Jalen Rieger is another one out of TCU. LaVisca Chanel Jr. is being overlooked because he went to Colorado. He's another good wide receiver. Uh, Baylor's Denzel Mims is someone you shouldn't sleep on. And, of course, Notre Dame's Chase Claypool. Claypool's almost like a tight end, but he's faster than normal tight ends, and he's able to, like, he's got good route running, and he's able to, uh, make big plays. He he did with Notre Dame last year and the year before. Um, and I think this up until those guys, this is seriously one of the best wide receiver draft classes we'll see in a while. And I think with the quarterbacks as well, we're going to see four guys that are going to be able to go into the league and make an impact somewhere. Um, I still think that Miami's probably going to make the mistake with taking Justin Herbert. And I think... Tua is going to get overlooked, and he's going to. And, and I feel like if he doesn't get taken by Miami or San Diego, or excuse me, LA, the Chargers, 
Still not used to that. It's been a couple of years. I think he could suffer from what Aaron Rodgers suffered from, falling to the 20s and going to a team that already had a legendary quarterback. This time, he would be thrusted into the starter role instead of wait two or three years like Rodgers did under Rod- under Favre. Um, but he would have some hefty shoes to fill. And I think with any of either, if it would be Tua, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts, or even um, guys like Jameis Winston and Cam Newton, they have ginormous shoes to fill. And I think that they have the quality coaches around them to help them out. A great um, locker room around them. The Patriot way. A lot of people hate that, but it works. You can't deny it. It's worked year in and year out. It's worked so much and so well up until last year. I mean, I saw it coming. They just had more or less an easy schedule. But... If they can get one of those quarterbacks and get a and get a solid wide receiver in the second round, I think you could see the Patriots in the playoffs again, but probably as a wild card. And with all that being said, I thank you all for tuning in. Uh, follow that Sport John on Twitter at Sport John. Um, this draft is not going to be as fun as the they usually are. It's not as a big of an event. It's online. Well, it, it's going to be televised, but it's all virtual. Roger Goodell's literally going to be in his basement. GMs and his coaches and other scouts are going to be in their homes, in their basements. It's not going to be as fun. But the hype is still there to see where these guys go. And the hype to see what they can do is still there. Hopefully, we'll see them this year in action as scheduled. But nevertheless, the draft is next week. It's something to look forward to in sports. And with that, I thank you for tuning in again. And take it easy and stay safe and stay away from the coronavirus. Peace.